Hey, welcome everyone to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. No, I think that's great. And um, just what you were saying there, Chad, around um, the whole courage thing, that word encourage means Mm. to put courage in. And uh, your story there is a great example of someone coming, being the cheerleader and all of a sudden there's a courage put in you because they encouraged you they cheered you on and i i guess around this whole area of calling and church and people's calling that's something that we could take away to be people's cheerleader to mm-hmm. encourage them in what 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 god has got for them and wherever they find themselves whatever it looks like um you know we mentioned a few professions earlier but just to encourage people in that i think would be a, a massive shift in the church as well yeah absolutely yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I just agree with that so much, Nathan, what you're saying there. Just to cheer people on um, as much as they can, because so often people don't realise, they they think we're always coming to inspect or correct, but there's something more powerful about cheering people on in their professions, what they're doing, and almost to say, hey, you know, what you're doing is as important as what anyone else is doing. It all adds value to the kingdom of God. And it's, it's about this idea of knowing that we're called in our own sector, wherever that is, and, and living that out. I think there's something about living that, living that out and being courageous in our setting is the thing that makes all the difference. You know what I mean? So, yeah, mm-hmm. some great ideas there. So, so what sort of advice, Chad, would you give to somebody? I mean, after you've changed, you went from being in ministry to not being in the traditional sense of ministry, but you're still doing ministry, of course, that's what we're saying. But what advice would you give to people who are maybe thinking, you know, I feel a little bit trapped. I, I, I need to make a change. Hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, number one, you got to pray about it. Um, I think a lot of times maybe something happens there's a there's a meeting that takes place <laughs> there's a conversation and and it's emotional and and you react and you go i don't think i'm called to this anymore i don't i don't think i can do this anymore you know uh, on either side if it's if it's church if it's corporate and i think you got to slow down a little bit you have to take a step back and and you have to have some people in your life that you can go to and be honest with that can just tell you what you need to hear because you get so emotionally involved and close to the situation. Take a step back. I learned that a long time ago because I wouldn't involve people in big decisions in my life. That was a pride issue. Uh, I wouldn't involve people. So having those one or two voices in your life that you know you can trust, they're, they're unbiased you know, voices, they're going to tell you the truth. I think that's important. So don't react. I've, I've always kind of gone by this uh, axiom in my life. Don't react to the current, but respond to the calling. And so what's currently going on, it, it, it might be troublesome. It, it might be messy, but it doesn't really define the calling. You know, I'm going to take a step back and who has God called me to be? And so there were many times, you know, when I was on staff at, at the church in Illinois and then, you know, being at the church in North Carolina, many times things would happen that I would react to and they made me want to step away. I don't think that's justification at all for stepping away. It was more. It was more this progression that um, you know through the lockdown and through a lot of prayer and conversations with my wife and conversations with people that I was very close with and could trust because my circle was 
the campus. My circle was the church. Mm. So I'm going to a couple people who I confide in to say, I'm thinking about stepping away. And I can't even believe I'm saying this. Not because something's happened, not because I got in a in an argument, or not because there was a, a difficult meeting, you know, where I was made the example and now my ego is squashed. No, I just I feel like God is leading us to to step out of this to just spend more time focusing on just home. And that took a while. I mean, that was I wanna say it was uh, probably August of twenty twenty. And then we didn't step away until April of 2021. So it was a good, it was a good period of time where we were just considering and praying a lot. So yeah, what advice? Number one, just pray about it. Talk to people. If this is just a reaction, I wouldn't say that that um, is ultimately, uh, you know, God's leading. I think it's just, you're being emotional and you're being even a little proud right now. Um, I think second thing, just to encourage somebody is your calling can exist, you know, outside of a church context. It it really can. Now for us, we still go to church, you know? So I think, I think that's another thing you've got to go back to, you know, are you stepping away because there's some church hurt as we all like to say going on? Because if that's the case, then you just need to address that. You need to have the right conversations and maybe through settling some, uh, some conflict, then maybe, that's the answer. And you can jump right back in and serve where God has called you to be in whatever you know church you're in. Um, so I think you've, you've really got to, you've got to look at the, the, the content, you know, of, of why you're wanting to make this decision for us. There wasn't church hurt. There wasn't any of that. It was just a legitimate, we just feel called to a different focus. Um, right now, our, our focus is changing. And so your calling can exist you know, in a corporate context, it really can. And I think that's really what I want maybe someone to hear, you know, through this conversation who just maybe feels a little stuck. Like I'm not, I'm not wanting to step away because I'm bitter or I'm upset or I didn't get the, I didn't get the position that I wanted. No, I just, I feel like my focus is shifting and I still want to build God's church. I still believe in it. We believe in the church, you know, it, it's God's plan. It's the bride of Christ. It's not going anywhere. So even when I read articles that are put out, you know, the church is in trouble. I'm like, it's the church. The church is going to be fine. Um, so I just think that, uh, I just think that, yeah, you have to, someone needs to be given the permission today to say like, your, your calling can exist, you know, outside the context of church. Now, for me, you've got to, You've got to be wise. So I wasn't just going to step away because that was, you know, it wasn't just a, a calling. It wasn't just, you know, where we served. I mean, this was my job as well, mm. being a pastor at Elevation. So I needed to make sure that I had something lined up before I stepped away. Um, and so I think you got to be wise in that as well. Some people might want to be extreme in their faith and just step away and, okay, God, you're going to have to open the door. Me having a wife and four kids and a mortgage and, you know, I got to put food on the table. I didn't think that was why. So I went to, again, a couple people I could trust and just say, I'm thinking about stepping away. If you, uh, if you know of anything, you know, where I could just provide an income for my family, <clears throat> let me know. And, and yeah, thankfully God opened a door there because I was willing to knock, you know, we want the open doors, but we got to knock as well. Yeah, yeah, and true. so, um, 
you know, yeah. I think there's, yeah, there's just some, some practical wise choices you got to make there if you are considering stepping away, but there is life on the other side. I just want someone to hear that mm-hmm. there really is. And, you know, I would just make sure that you don't, if you're stepping away from, you know, working at a church that, that you don't stay uh, uprooted for too long. You have to stay planted somewhere. Mm-hmm. If maybe, maybe it's in the church you're, you're walking away from as far as a staff position. Um, if you're going to continue to go there, get planted there. You know, uh, if you're going to go somewhere else, we attend a different church now, but it's a priority to be planted there. Uh, cause I believe in being planted, not only because you know, what, what scripture promises that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Mm. Uh, but I think when you're planted, when you're deeply rooted, it becomes much more difficult for anything else in your life to take root you know, from a negative perspective, uh, right outside the window of my office here at home, there's a big tree. And recently I was trying to plant different plants around that tree. My goodness. Have you ever tried to dig holes around a tree? (laughs) It's impossible because the roots have gone out. The roots have, Mm. have taken over. And so not only can I not uproot that tree, it's hard for me to plant anything around that tree because the roots are so strong. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, they don't realize that when I'm planted, it's much more difficult for for bitterness or resentment, mm-hmm. uh, those type of things to take root in my life because I'm planted in the house of God. And so we still have that priority for our kids. We go to church every Sunday. You know, we're there. Uh, we just got home from vacation on Saturday night. We were tired. We had been driving. But guess what? We're going to church on Sunday because we want our kids to grow up, you know, under that uh, just that prioritization and that rhythm. And so I know I said a lot uh, in that, in that answer. And I hope I answered your question there, Dave, but um, yeah, I hope that's helpful for someone that's just contemplating maybe stepping away. Yeah. No, I think it really, really great, really great. And um, I, I hope people are catching the heart behind it in terms of, you know, that motive behind it was not, you know, as you're saying, bitterness or ego, but actually, there was a purity of heart behind it, and I think um, I think that's a big thing um, for people to take away. I know you chatted to Dave before and uh, the podcast, and kind of changing tact a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But you mentioned uh, this phrase: "There are not many fathers in the church." So, what does that mean for yourself, for younger leaders coming through? But also uh, thinking of church leaders, what should their focus be on in terms of around that statement uh, that you made? Sure. Um, man, I would just say, stop putting so much pressure on your kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm speaking a lot more from like the father of a home context. Now, mm-hmm. let me talk about my son real quick. So my son, Ashton, he's 15. He loves football, loves football. And he's, he's very good at it. Obviously I'm biased cause I'm his dad, <laughs> but, um, he's very good at it. And, uh, he goes to a high school where, it's, it's very common for these players uh, to get recruited by Division I colleges, get scholarships for football. So my son going into you know, high school football just knew that that was kind of normal for this particular school. So my son, he's a hard worker. Uh, there's, there's a few lessons that he's learned in playing football that I'm so grateful for because he's, he's developing this, this quality you know, of, and this, this virtue of just working hard. And I love that. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of pressure put on him, and he talks about it all the time. You know, so-and-so just got recruited. So-and-so just got picked up by this college. Now my son's 15 and 
so I remember there was a day where he was feeling pretty overwhelmed and pressured because he's just thinking like, I, I got to get recruited. You know, I got to do well enough so I get noticed and, and some college picks me up. And so I just, I remember uh, talking with him one day and just saying, listen, buddy, I love that you're playing football. I love the things that you're learning through it. And um, if, if it works out where you end up getting picked up by school and going to play, you know, at a collegiate level, great. I'm going to be, I'm going to be right there supporting you. I'll be your biggest fan. Uh, I'm, I'm not against that. I just, I want you to honor God in it. Whatever you do, I want you to honor God with it. Okay. Um, but I also said, listen, if the football thing doesn't work out, I'm okay with that too. I, I don't have this high aspiration that you're just going to be this, this, you know, this professional football superstar. I, I'm not going to put that pressure on you. Whatever you want to do, buddy. I just want you to honor God in it. That's it. So if it's football, great. If it's business, great. If if you decide to go into ministry, great. Just honor God with it. And you could see like the, you know, the kind of the burden lift and the pressure go away that, okay, I still want to pursue this because I'm passionate about it, but I don't have all the pressure that like, this is it. And I, and I think, I think from that statement, we need more fathers in the church. I, listen, there's a lot of, pastors right now, there's a lot of people working in, in the church context. They're under a lot of pressure because the church has shifted so much to become more of this, this platform, this brand, uh, something that people look at and go, ooh, ah, and we sensationalize it. We love the sensational you know, as people. And so to a detriment, the next time we see something that is sensational, what do we do? We talk about it, we post about it, we tell our friends about it, and now that's the new thing. And so now the people that are keeping that thing going, they feel the pressure to continue to grow and increase and expand it. Um, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. I've, I've been in meetings that have been called grow or die. Like that was the name of the meeting because the focus and the priority was we have to grow. We have to grow. Otherwise we're dying. And I get it. Like I, I want to grow. I want to multiply whatever God has given me. But sometimes that takes time as well. It takes time. And, and sometimes we're just not willing to give it the time. We're not willing to let the process kind of play out. I love, we talked about shoes. I grew up in Illinois, close to Chicago, watched Michael Jordan and the Bulls, you know, in the 90s. And I love the documentary, The Last Dance. I love the part where Phil Jackson comes in and he says, listen, we're going to bring about this new type of offense. We're going to learn this new offense. It's the triangle offense. And he went to Jordan. He's like, this means you're not going to be scoring champion anymore, but you're going to win the last game of the season if you'll be willing to adapt to this new way of playing. It took them a year. It took them a year to develop this new offense. That means for a year they had to be okay with not winning, with not going to the championship, knowing what was on the other side of allowing this process to play out. You're talking about elite athletes at the highest level. This is all they do is play basketball. And it took them a year to establish mm -hmm. this new offense. But thankfully, they had a coach who was willing enough to say, I'm okay if we don't win at all in this year because I know, I know what it can be. If we'll be willing to embrace this process and be patient in the process, we'll be unstoppable if we're okay right now, uh, maybe not being the ones who win that last game of the season. And I think getting back to you know fathers in the church – Man, uh, you just you gotta you gotta stop putting so much pressure, you know, on the people that God has called you to lead. To like, 
you know, every every day, every weekend, every month, it, it has to be a win or nothing. It has to be a grow or die mentality. Because at the same time you do, you've got, you've got moms and you've got dads that they're trying to win at home at the same time. And when they feel like they're failing at home and they feel like they're failing in ministry, there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of weight to be carried there. And so um, there, there's, there's a need for fathers. There's a need for pastors right now in the church to just come along and, and know the condition of their flock, as Proverbs says, know the condition of your flock, because the, the condition is, is going to determine the type of care you give to the flock that God has called you uh, to steward and to shepherd. And I think there's a, there's a lot of people in leadership, they don't know the condition of their flock because they're not having real conversations because trust has not been developed in that relationship. So the people they lead, they don't feel like they can actually go to their leader uh, with real issues because they're worried. <laughs> they're worried about their job. They're worried, oh, if, if I look like a liability or if I look a little unstable right now, uh, maybe I won't be given the opportunity. I've been in meetings where it's been said, if we hear you utter the phrase, I don't know if I can do this anymore, that's a, an immediate, okay, you're done. Because we need people that are all in. We need people that are devoted to this. I mean, I want to be devoted to this, but right now, I don't know how to raise teenagers. And so I'm just a little frustrated. And, and I just need someone I can come alongside of and talk to and be real with to say, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Yeah, you know what? I felt that way last week. But you know what? We're going to pray. We're going to go to God. Uh, we're going to realize that it is His church and He will build it upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so we need to stop taking ourselves so seriously like it's all revolving around us and understand that the gospel is the power of God. It's not based on my perfect presentation of it. It's the power of God that brings salvation. And so, um, yeah, I'm... I feel like I'm starting to preach now. I'm sorry, but yeah. it's it's just one of those things where I think as as leaders, you know, in the church especially, we just we need to take the pressure off of of the people that we lead. So going back to that story of my son, uh, I feel like he's excelling more because he knows, man, I want to go after this, mm. but it's not it's not you know football or nothing. It's mm. hey, if this works out, great. But there's a lot more too that that God has in store for me than just football. And so, um, yeah, just take the pressure off the ones that you're leading and and let them know, kind of like what we were saying earlier, hey, I'm for you. I believe in you. I remember having a conversation with a guy at a very big, well-known church here in the States. It took him seven years to grow his campus, seven years. And now he has one of the largest campuses at that church. And if I said the name of the church, you would know who they are. Um, But seven years, he was doubting himself. Am I the one for this job? Have they selected the right one? And through those seven years, guess what his leadership was doing? We believe in you. We know that you're the one for the job. Just keep going. This is going to work out. They were willing to give it the time. And now, I mean, the the proof is there. Sometimes it just takes time and, and we don't want to give it the time. We live in a, you know, a day where information is, is readily available. We don't have to wait for anything anymore. But yeah. there's something to that waiting where I think we can appreciate, you know, a little bit more what, what God has has built uh, through us definitely yeah so some some great stuff there chad and especially around this idea of having fathers in the church and um and even for the leaders i think leaders sometimes just need to take the pressure off themselves and and just be at ease a little bit as well 
um, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy the journey. Hey, I think we want to move into some quick fire questions yeah. um, the, this afternoon. Uh, we, we've got some great questions here, but they've got to be quick fire. Okay, so we're going to ask them quickly and we're, you've got to answer them quickly. If it's quickly. too long, then um, they'll Cut be me long. off, Dave. Yeah, there'll be no bonus at the end. That's the thing. Go, go for it, Nathan. Nathan, you kick them off. Yeah, so, uh, Chad, what would you focus on first if you could live the last decade again? Uh, speaking more about the things I'm convicted about rather than staying silent. Brilliant answer. Okay. Um, what are you most excited and challenged about at the moment? I'm actually starting to ease back into preaching, and I haven't made that public yet, but... Uh, so I'm actually preaching at a church this weekend. So just seeing where that goes. No plans, just seeing where it goes. Awesome, awesome. What would be uh, your top two book recommendations and why? Ooh, uh, one of my favorite books is Shoe Dog by <laughs> Phil Knight. It's the Nike Great story. Book. Love yeah. that book. And then um, I love the book Irresistible by Andy Stanley. There's some mm-hmm. controversy around that book. I'm, I'm okay with a little bit of controversy, but mm. I think it really challenges our thinking on old covenant versus new covenant. And so anyone that reads the Bible and says, the Bible contradicts itself, um, you should go read Irresistible. Wonderful. And uh, what is your favorite way to stay healthy? You mentioned that earlier, but tell us a wee bit more. Yeah, I put a, I put a gym in my garage recently. So when you make that type of investment, even on the days you don't feel like it, it's like, hey, it's, it's uh, 20 steps away. So I, I try to work out every day. And then obviously, I think eating is even more. You can't, you can't outwork a bad diet. So I try to stick to intermittent fasting, low carb, low sugar. I just want to feel good. I'm 38. I'm not trying to win any competitions, but I just want to feel good. Awesome. And uh, what would be your favorite meal of choice? Favorite meal, man. I, I'm a steak guy, so you put a good New York strip in front of me, uh, seasoned well. That's that's all I need. I don't even like the sides. Just give me the New York strip. Cook it medium. I'm good to go. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Nice and pink in the middle. And uh, yeah. your favorite dream uh, destination to visit? Oh, Dubai. I want to go to Dubai yeah, so yeah. bad. My wife knows that. I've, I've watched a lot of documentaries on Dubai. I'm just, I'm fascinated by, uh, they don't have limits there. I don't know if you've seen anything on them, how, mm. you know, they've run out of space in the desert. So now they're expanding out into the sea. That's they're right. literally building islands, you know, in the sea. They've got the world's tallest building. Their, their engineering is brilliant. Uh, the elevator system at the Burj Khalifa actually works as um, an a, a electric conductor because those elevators are running constantly. So the building runs off the power from the elevators because it's so, I know these are quick fire, but I got to say this because it's so, uh, it's so hot, you know, uh, in Dubai. And then they've got the air conditioning, a lot of condensation builds up on the windows at the Burj Khalifa. So they actually have a system to catch the condensation, which then goes into the irrigation for the, for the grounds. So it's like, it's smart. It's efficient engineering there too. It's not just, Ooh, ah, you know, glitz and glamour. It's very smart. So. I would love to go to Dubai. That's uh, so good. So good. Wonderful. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, Chad, it's been amazing to have you with us as a guest today. A little bit different for our listeners, but we believe there's be something really good in there that people can take away. 
And even if they grab this idea that actually our calling works inside full-time ministry and outside full-time ministry, I think there's a lot of our listeners who are maybe not even in full-time church, but they're listening, they're leaders, they're involved in some level, and even if they can grab that idea to think, actually, yeah, it's okay, the key thing is is to follow God and to be obedient to what he wants us to do. So it's been brilliant to have you on the show with us. And, Thanks for having uh, me, guys. Thanks for the wrap-up for us today. Thanks. Yeah. Dave. Chad, what is the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, you can go... I'm on Instagram, so I am Chad Hampton is my handle. You can go on there. That would probably be the best way. Awesome. Well, it's been great to have Chad with us and great to have everyone uh, listening. And if you're watching this as well, great to have you with us. Wherever you're consuming the content, then please like, subscribe, share it with someone you know it would encourage. And um, really believing that this has been a super helpful conversation with you. Don't forget, we've got icon.church forward slash open where you can get exclusive access to loads of free content around church leadership and uh, free uh, content for your church as well. And I know we've uh, recently put some new resources on kids ministry. So head over there to check those out. But we will we look forward to having everyone with us next time on the Church Explained podcast. We will see you soon.